Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Movie Melting Pot Podcast, where we'll talk about anything and everything having to do with movies, because we love them so much. Yeah, I still don't like it, but I'm working on it. I am not here with my co-host Richard today. Uh, He actually is not feeling well. Uh, I'm not going to get into what's going on with him. But, you know, it's nothing serious. No need to worry. Um, I don't know when he'll be back. But, you know, yeah, he'll be, he'll be okay. He'll probably have to have a surgery. So, you know, if you guys are the praying types, pray for that. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be just fine. I, I think. I th- and so he thinks. So, uh, Maggie, uh, if you're listening, you should, you know, know what's going on. Because this is something you've had surgery before. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, As such, this week we are not going to be doing Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre is actually one of Richard's favoritest movies uh, of all time. And he really wants to be there for that episode. And so, you know, as as his friend, I'm extending him that courtesy, uh, you know, well, I'll wait till he's feeling better, that we can you know, do it then. I think it'll be a good episode, too. I didn't want to solo it. I think it'll be a good episode for us to, to do together. Or, you know, I thought it would be good based on the outline we came up with. Uh, and so for this week, we're actually going to be doing two movies, double feature. Uh, one of them is actually a classic of the sci-fi genre. Um, don't look it up now. I, I did look this up. It is actually number one on the best uh, sci-fi movies of the 70s. You might be surprised. Uh, this was a Rolling Stone article. You might be surprised uh, to find out that Rolling Stone rated it number one. Uh, the second one is a movie. Richard and I uh, watched both of these movies uh, Friday night, I'm recording this on Saturday, it's getting released on Sunday, so it's all still pretty new. Uh, the other one is possibly the most bizarre, odd, confusing, but still somehow oddly artistic thing I've ever seen and (laughs) I can't I can't even say that I'm like excited to talk about it I'm not unexcited I it's one of those things where like with Tenet I have to get my thoughts out there um but yeah, so we, we looked ahead, since when we found out we weren't doing Nacho Libre, we looked ahead, thought about what movies we were going to be doing. I have actually about a year's worth of, of movies planned. Um, and sometime in November, we were going to be doing this uh, the first movie that I'm going to be talking about. And Richard wasn't that interested in that one, as compared to the rest of them we had picked out. And... Uh, he said, go ahead and do that one if you're going to do a solo episode. So, uh, here I am, 
you guys still haven't figured out if it's been bothering you, Rolling Stone rated this movie number one of 70s sci-fi. That's along with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Wars. They have a Clockwork Orange, I think, in the top ten. This movie is Alien. Oh, man. I love Alien. I think the best thing about Alien... Probably the production design. Um, everyone knows the Xenomorph, of course. Uh, probably number one. If Rolling Stone were to do, you know, best you know looking creatures, you know, make a list of fifty of them, Xenomorphs would probably be the number one on that list as well. H.R. Uh, Geiger, obviously, or is it H.L. Geiger? I can't remember. I think it's H.R. Um, famous for that movie and he's inspired a lot of let's say a lot of metal album art I think the second best thing about this movie is the direction and script um, I think that they work so well in tandem it's so slow moving and I think it works to its advantage in that respect oh my it's like if you watch it for the first time completely you know uninterrupted it's uh, it's terrifying and I probably oversold it to Richard when we watched it last night because he didn't really want to watch it I told him Hey, this is, you know, a terrifying movie. You'll be, like, it's so much better than Star Wars. I didn't say it was so much better. But, it, you know, it's it's better than Star Wars, in my opinion. Unpopular opinion time. Maybe I can make uh, another episode about this someday. But I think Star Wars is the most overrated uh, movie series of all time. I think it's good. I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan. But the the movies... Not the extended universe. The movies are very overrated. Um, so I was like, I think this is better than Star Wars. And that's what I had to use to get him to watch it. And he watched it. And I don't think he was terrified because he went into it thinking it was going to be dumb. And so he just made fun of it. But I think he, he went walked away at least in enjoying the movie to some respect. Um, you know... It's a 70s movie. Some of the practical effects are silly. I think the Xenomorph, at least when she's on the escape shuttle and the Xenomorph is hiding, that Xenomorph might be one of the least terrifying things I've ever seen. It's like slow moving and this was a problem with like 70s and 80s action movies especially like monster movies like action movies where they had like monsters as the the antagonist it was like this fast killing machine that you know slaughtered people in instance and you couldn't catch them because you know it turned invisible like the predator and immediately as soon as 
it's like a 1v1. They're like a freaking sloth. And the, <laughs> the xenomorph was a very sloth-like. I don't know if it was just like stuck in that little cubby hole. But it like, it was kind of comical. <laughs> the, you know, just to see... The xenomorph, if I remember correctly, the guy they had in the xenomorph suit was like 7'2". And, I mean, I, I don't know if he just struggled to move. Like, he was just kind of doppy. You know, I understand it's hard to move and stuff like that when you're doppy, because I'm a doppy dude. But, whew, the 70s, man. Uh, uh, Star Wars is no different, too. They had some... Some weird doppy costumes going on, but I mean, like when uh, what's his name? The one guy, the uh, mechanic engineer guy, he goes looking for Jones, the cat, and he gets killed. I he's off alone looking for a cat, you know, he's about to get killed. If you, it's, I mean, it's a murder kind of a thing I almost said murder mystery it's not a murder mystery you know he's gonna get killed but when you see that tail slink down like it's, I don't know why they couldn't recapture that magic like why couldn't you just recapture that magic for the end scene that's supposed to be like the most suspenseful part and you can't do it again ugh I I and I think that kind of shows my problems with Ridley Scott. I think Ridley Scott's done a lot of great stuff. I think he's done some clunkers, especially in the Alien universe. He didn't do Aliens, um, which is also very good. You know, James Cameron did it. Fantastic director, obviously. And I'm kind of glad because I, I feel like he would have ruined it because I think the alien movie we got when they're in the escape shuttle is more closer to the, the alien we got with Ridley Scott in the other alien movies that he's worked on. Uh, what would those be? You know, Alien Covenant, Prometheus. I don't think he did... Oh, I feel like he did another one. He didn't do Alien 3 or Alien 4. But I feel like he did another one. I can't think of what it is. I think this movie... It just... It sets up... The movie so perfectly... By its... Slow pace. I think that's reflected in everything. Which is why... The direction for the most part of this movie is so good. Um, this is like the score, slow. When you're watching the camera in that opening shot, pan across the planet and you see Nostromo kind of, uh, you know, the, the word alien comes on slow. The Nostromo is moving slow. Everyone, 
everyone wakes up and they're slow and it's it's it just it can come off as boring but i think the soundtrack sets the mood that this is not going to go well i th- i think you know the soundtrack almost lets you know how the movie's going to turn out maybe not who maybe not when maybe not how but it's so I guess the word I'm looking for is anticipatory. You're watching the movie and the soundtrack kind of fills you with this impending dread. And I know, I think maybe Aliens does impending dread less well but that's like an action movie they turned it into an action movie um this is a suspense horror thriller i wouldn't i maybe wouldn't put it in horror because there's like no blood nothing horrifying to watch the kills all take place off screen I mean, in all honesty, I think if this movie were to be put out today even, it would probably be PG-13. Not, you know, the R rating that it was given. And so I, I hesitate for that reason to put it in horror. If they had upped the blood, maybe up the kill count, even up the swearing, I think it might be in the horror genre. But I think I think because of the scares that it gives, a couple of the the jump scares, you could probably put it in the horror genre if you if you were trying to. But it, it you know it's a sci-fi thriller. Um, it's a it's a suspense movie, and it it knows what it is, and it commits to it and it does so wonderfully the production design you know i think this also has to do with you know ridley scott if i'm not mistaken alien actually won or at least was nominated for an oscar for production design and it deserves it everything in this movie i I think they i don't i'm not sure I, i didn't see it anywhere but i think just looking at the production design, especially on the planet where uh, John Hurt's character, can't remember his name, uh, gets the thing on his face. Everything just looks like H.R. Geiger drew it. It looks like the Xenomorph. It looks otherworldly. And that is the important part, is that these things look otherworldly you know that alien on the giant chair that is just a creepy otherworldly looking dude the the ship that he's in all the the ridges and crevices i mean it looks like an alien you know the the ship i think Especially the outside looks so 
miniature-esque, which I, I actually think that I would prefer to see a miniature in a movie than a, like a CGI, a CGI ship in a movie. Because I think with something like a miniature that they would have had to use in the, the 70s and probably 80s too, you know, it has a bit more detail, it has a bit more character, has a bit more realism. You know, CGI is great, and it has so many practical uses, but, you know, I, you can look at a ship, like, I can watch Star Wars, and know, like, a, like a, one of the sequels, or the prequels, I suppose, and I can know that that ship is a CGI ship. And I can look at this ship in Alien and say, that is a practical effect, that is a practical ship. And it looks so creepy. It looks otherworldly. It does look like a refinery plant too. <laughs> I'll give it that, which is what the uh, the um, trip is about. They're going and I think they're carrying like twenty million tons of refined ore. So alien. I mean, it's just. It's so creepy. And I think that's why I like it so much. I watched it when I was, you know, 15 or 16. I think I got it from the library. Maybe even younger than that. And it was like watching it in my bed at like 11, 11 o'clock at night. It's scary. And I, so I would say if you haven't seen Alien and what I you know, talked about is interesting to you. Maybe go check it out. I I can imagine that not many people listening to this right now have seen or would like Alien. But that's okay. I have my own personal movie taste. Alright. Now time for movie number two. I have been naming these episodes, like I've, I mentioned for the Tenant episode, after lines from the movie, and the line for the, I'm going to give this episode is in this movie. Oh, man. I'm going to go right off the bat and say I would not recommend watching this movie. It's not for me. I know it's not for you. I'm going to give you our stream of consciousness. Um, we looked up Alien me and Richard because we still watched Alien together we looked it up on Amazon Prime and we were just scrolling through making fun of some of the movies there was this you know really bad looking B movie you know about alien abduction and we clicked on it it had two and a half stars and we were joking about how Velocipaster probably has more stars than two and a half um, I would recommend watching Velocipaster if you guys haven't seen it. I think you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime. We watched it when it was still free. It's got a little bit of a cult following to it now. But, uh, yes, you heard that right. Velocipaster. Um, it's exactly what you think it is. The name says it all. Go and watch it. Velocipaster. So we look up Velocipaster, and yep, it has four and a half stars, and you know, we go to the 
similar movies underneath it. And there was one about a killer donuts. There was killer clowns from outer space, which is also a very cult hit movie. There's, you know, the hom- a homicidal recliner. You know, if it's a, if it's an inanimate object, people have made a horror movie about it, you know. And they were all there. But there was one that we couldn't believe. And we just we had to start watching it just to just to see. I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys the name of this movie, okay? It was called The Thingy, comma Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. I will repeat that. The Thingy, comma Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. <laughs> and we we were mystified, horrified, all the eyes. We had we had to click and at least see the first bit of this movie. I'm going to tell you guys a bit of I guess the word I'm looking for is I'm going to tell you guys the plot synopsis for this movie. Just a, just the brief one that you can like find online. Because I I'm going to try and talk about this movie. It was in it was insane. It was like they call there's some movies people have referred to as like fever dreams, but they call it that because there's no like the plot's all disjointed and it's not very well made and characters are weird, but guys, this movie was literally a nightmare. Like, if I were to change a dream into a movie, I actually have a movie pitch for that. Maybe if I feel like it, I'll, I'll describe it in this episode. Um, if I were to make a movie out of a nightmare, <laughs> that movie would might turn into Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. All right, so, so here's, here's the movie synopsis. When a female bodybuilder gives birth to a living placenta, she decides to raise it as her human son. The creature named Luke is reared in the Christian faith and matriculated, I don't know what even that means, into the public school system where he faces ridicule from boorish males and their girlfriend. Girlfriends. Not all the males have the same girlfriend. Uh, But what happens when Luke gets pushed too far? Uh, You'd have to watch to find out. I'm also scrolling underneath and uh, seeing another movie I really wanted to watch called I Was a Teenage Were-Skunk. Can I interest anyone? Maybe someday for for another podcast. Uh, we'll probably do Velocipaster before we do I Was a Teenage uh, Were Skunk. But, so so that's the plot of this movie. Female bodybuilder, gives birth, living placenta. She raises it <laughs> as her son. I really have 
just two takes about this movie. Two, two, two quick takes. One. This movie was so strange, so bizarre, and so consistently so that there is no way this was made by amateurs or was not released as intended. People were aware of this movie when they made it. Okay? This is the way the movie was supposed to be. So, Luke is a placenta. He doesn't have legs. And so he rides around on, like, a kid's toy car. Like, those electric ones that, like, kids, you know, will get to play with in, like, their backyards or whatever. He rides around in one of those. And it's... It, when you see it, it's hilarious. Because he's in school, and he's, like, trying to drive out of the classroom. And he has to do, like, a five-point turn. And the camera's just, like, watching him do this five-point turn. So the, the mom, the bodybuilder, is played by a dude in a wig. Yes, a dude in a wig. Um... There are girls in this movie, young girls, but they're only adult men, and I, I cannot explain why. But the mom, when she gives birth, the doctor, I, I read somewhere that apparently the baby was born stillborn. This is a Dutch movie, and their accents were really thick, so I didn't notice that it was born stillborn. But he just, like, takes the baby, like, drops it on the floor... And, like, out comes this placenta. And he, the dude cuts off the placenta with, like, a couple feet of umbilical cord left. And hands it to her. And puts the baby in a plastic bag for her to eat later. So it looked like, literally, they just replaced what the plac like the placenta and the baby. Like, that was just normal. <laughs> this was the opening scene. And I, I, w I was dying laughing because it was so ridiculous. I thought this was going to be like a comedy movie. No. It, I mean, it is a comedy movie. It's a comedy horror movie because this does get really horrifying as it goes on. As Luke becomes a teenager. But like in this opening scene, the doctor hands her the placenta. He lifts up. His shirt pulls down his, you know, because he's a male, pulls down his bra. So there's a fake boob there. That was, and just starts telling this placenta to drink. And you hear like little suckling noises like. And she's like, that's it. Come on, drink up. And then you see in the freaking eye open. This thing's got an eye. Oh. It was, I, guys, I cannot put the strangeness of this movie into words. I mean, the scenes are disjointed. There's no concept of the passage of time. There's, you know, no concept of relation 
everyone's kind of like plastic. I, I can't describe it. And I'm telling you, this was so tonally consistent that this wasn't on accident. People made this to look like this. I... I'm at a loss. I really am. I would say don't go watch this movie. Um, unless you have to just see for yourself how bizarre it is. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. I think at the 50 minute mark, we paused it and had to take a break. Me and Richard. And uh, he pretty much said, uh, Jake, if... If you want to stop watching this, I'm totally fine with not watching this. And I wanted to watch it, wanted to talk about it on the podcast, because I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, I don't think there's a cult uh, following for it, like Velocipaster. But Velocipaster was, like, so aware that it's ridiculous. This was a bit less aware that it was ridiculous. And so I I Googled it last night. Just to see what was going on. Like, what other people thought of this. I was reading some of the reviews for this movie. Remember the name of the movie? Confession of a Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. Like, they were making sense of it. And I was reading them, and I was like, Yeah, I, I saw that in this movie. I can understand that. You know, they were talking about the themes of, like, you know, love and lust and and desire, and sex. I was like, yeah, I can see that in this movie. But, I, yeah, don't, don't watch it. Thankfully, there was only one scene Richard and I had to skip because it was too inappropriate. Um, final scene of the movie, Luke loses it somehow. He grew a hand in his 13 years. And he goes to a, um, I don't even know what to call it, like a NICU, and kills a bunch of babies. Very bloody, very fake. It's very much like a, like a Joker, if you guys watched Joker, like how he kills his mom and goes on like a killing spree. Yeah, in this movie, Luke kills his mom, then goes on a a killing spree. It's, I it's it's indescribable. I've I've tried. I didn't do it justice. I couldn't stop watching. I couldn't close my eyes. I couldn't close my eyes fast enough. It was the most horrifying thing I'd ever seen. It was the most interesting thing I'd ever seen. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. All of it. I... Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. I think I do have time to uh, talk about my dream I would turn into a movie. I actually had this dream. I think it'd be a very interesting concept, to say the least. Um, I had a dream once where, uh, 
Hannah died, Hannah, my wife, um, and I was devastated and distraught until one day I started receiving texts from her number, um, and I, you know, we started talking again from the afterlife, uh, and what had happened was I was pretty much in my dream giving up everything to make sure I always had time to talk to her. So I was like not doing school. I, you know, had no job. I was just lying around waiting for her to talk to me. And pretty much she was like, Jake, don't you have to be at school at this time? And all that stuff until eventually she decided it, it wasn't good for me. I had to move on. And so she stopped texting me. I think that's a really, that's a very thematic, dark, possibly beautiful story about the, you know, the, like the, the purpose of grief, the pain of grief, the pain of loss, you know, the, the, I don't know, it's, I I would love to turn that into a movie sometime. You know, person's wife dies, they still can communicate, becomes obsessed with, you know, delaying the inevitable that she's gone until one day she has to turn his her back on him because he's literally, you know, destroying his life and it's it's not good for him. It's I don't know. I would rather watch that than Confessions of a Teenage Placenta, but that's just me. If I were if I were to pick a dream, that was strange, and um, turn it into a movie. Confessions of a Teenage Placenta would not be it. It would probably be my movie. Anyway, that's about all I have for this week. Uh, it was very unstructured. Because I am recording it last minute. I've still got to edit it. Uh, it's going to take a little bit. No plot synopsis for this week. Watch Alien. Alien's fantastic. Uh, don't watch Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. Um, if you're a movie producer out there, if I ever catch wind about my movie idea, you will be sued. Um, so don't try it. I, I guess for next week, uh, we'll see how Richard's feeling. Um, you know, I don't know if we'll do Nacho Libre next week. If he's feeling better, I would assume we were. If, you know, he's not feeling well and I have to do another solo episode. Uh, I'll just tell you guys this right now. Uh, I'm actually planning, or was planning, starting December to do themed months. So every month would have a, a new movie theme. We'd do movies that fit that theme. Um, December would be Christmas movies, of course, plus a New Year's movie. Uh, January, Pixar. Uh, February, some horror. Uh, March, I think, was Quentin Tarantino. So we we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. But, uh, you know, if Richard's not back next week, I, th may, I th might, might start with October. I might do uh, Aliens just to, you know, continue the trilogy. Then make it James Cameron month. 
So, you know, Titanic. I don't think I'd put Terminator in there. Maybe T2. But I don't think the uh, first Terminator. Uh, you know, I'd probably end up doing Avatar. You know, his, his big hits. Um, you know, just go through James Cameron. But, yeah. If... We'll see how next week goes. We'll fly by ear. Um, yeah, this has been a weird episode. I hope you were at least intrigued by Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. <laughs> I've got to stop saying that. That's a mouthful, and it's kind of getting hard to hear. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening to another episode. Um, you know, Continue to listen. Leave a five-star review slash rating on any whatever podcast platform you listen on. Tell your friends. Neither of us really use social media, so we can't tell friends that way. It's all word of mouth. Um, and feel free to, you know, give, you know, critiques, criticisms. If you have movies you'd like to hear us review, feel free to, you know, leave that as well. Um, but yeah, this has been another episode of the Movie Melty Pop Podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening.